Thank you so much, choir. They've been singing so great lately. Lately, what a message in that song. You have your Bibles, Exodus chapter twenty, uh, this morning. And while you're finding that, perhaps you heard about the farmer uh, who many years ago was late coming home for supper one night, and so his wife's wondering what's going on. And when he finally got home, his wife said to him, "Did you break down on the way home?" And the farmer looked at his wife and said, no, on the way home, I gave a ride to our pastor. And from that point on, the mules didn't understand a thing I said. (laughs) Now, listen, a preacher might hear you for 10 minutes or an hour, even longer, but God hears you all the time. And we forget that Psalm 139, 4 says, for there is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. And today we're continuing our series, a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. And I'd ask you to be there in Exodus chapter 20. And we're looking at these commands as believers under grace, not under the law, but looking at what they mean to us today. And I know some of you are working on uh, memorizing those bookmarks are still back there. In fact, we got a surprise visit to our Sunday school class this morning. Uh, Some of our young folks from Miss Phyllis's class came to ask us if we knew the Ten Commandments by from memory. And so we got put on the spot today. And I wonder, do you know the Ten Commandments? If not, I encourage you to memorize those summary statements as we go through uh, this together. But today we come to the command, uh, one of the commands concerning our speech, concerning our mouths, and concerning taking God's name in vain. And I want to remind you today that we need to be careful with God's name. Look at Exodus chapter 20, and we'll read verse 7. The Bible says in Exodus 27, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Let's read it again. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, I'm going to be honest with you, beloved. If ever there was a day when we needed this command. Concerning taking God's name in vain, it's today. God's name is taken in vain in every way, shape, or form imaginable. And sadly, it's not only those who are lost in their sin whom we would expect to do that. Sadly, it it seems that many who claim to know Christ and claim to be believers and, and who are indeed, so many of them, they too take God's name in vain, perhaps not even realizing it. Well, we're going to look at this command together today, and we want to to, to jump right in here. Let's talk about, first of all, how we're not to misuse God's name. Don't misuse God's name. Don't misuse God's name. Now, the question is why? Uh, Why? Why do we say don't misuse God's name? Well, several reasons. First of all, the command. We just read here in God's word. He said what? Don't take my name in vain. That, That should be enough for any believer That God said it and that settles it, but because of the command, but also because of his character. Now, notice it says there, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Now, name is more than just a word. It's more than just a group of letters. It stands for the character of God, the attributes of God, the authority of God, the reputation of God. It represents God just as your name 
represents you. You see, when you hear certain people's names, certain things come to mind. Let let me give you a couple names and, and don't speak out loud, but in your own mind, I want you to see what comes to your mind when I read these names. You ready? Adolf Hitler. Ronald Reagan. Billy Graham. Osama bin Laden. D.L. Moody. Now, you see, as I read those names, when you heard the name, immediately you thought of that person's character. You thought of their reputation. You thought of perhaps their attributes. You thought about that person. And it may have been in a positive light for some of those names. And certainly for others, it was in a very negative light. But the name is more than just a group of letters. It stands for the reputation. It stands for that person. And when we say the name of the Lord, we say, God, we're talking about his reputation, who he is, his attributes, his authority. And so he says, don't take my name in vain because his name is holy. So don't misuse God's name. Why? Because of the command, because of his character. And then thirdly, because of the consequences. Notice he says in Exodus 27, the Lord will not hold him guiltless. Who takes his name in vain. Now, just how serious is God about his name? Well, put put a marker there in Exodus 20 and just go over to Leviticus. Leviticus 24. And I want to share just a, a quick account with you there. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus chapter 24. And we'll begin reading at verse 10. And I want you to see just how serious God takes the holiness of his name. Leviticus chapter 24, and we'll begin reading at verse number 10. And I want you to notice what it says there. Leviticus 24, beginning at verse number 10. Now, the son of an Israelite woman whose father was an Egyptian. So you got who who this fellow is, went out among the children of Israel. And this Israelite woman's uh, son and a man of Israel fought each other in the camp. So he got involved in a fight. Verse 11. And the Israelite woman's son blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. And so they brought him to Moses. His mother's name was Shilamith, the daughter of Debri of the tribe of Dan. Then then they put him in custody that the mind of the Lord might be shown to them. So you get the idea. He got in a fight. He blasphemed. They bring him. They put him in custody. And they want to seek what is God's will concerning this man. Verse 13. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, take outside the camp him who is cursed and let all who heard him lay their hands on his head and let all the congregation do what? Stone him. Then you shall speak to the children of Israel, saying, whoever curses his God shall bear his sin. And whoever blasphemes the name of the Lord shall surely be put to death. All the congregation shall certainly stone him, the stranger as well as him who is born in the land. When he blasphemes the name of the Lord, he shall be put to death. Now, let's just be honest. Aren't you glad you don't live in Old Testament times under the law? Would any of us be living this very moment? Now, think about it. When they curse, when they blaspheme the name of God, they were put to death. Now, let me ask you another question. Is God any less concerned about his name today? Is it simply that God has decided it's okay for folks to take my name in vain? It's okay for people to blaspheme. It's okay for people to curse. 
Well, absolutely not. God hasn't changed his mind. It was wrong then and it's wrong now. The Lord Jesus, what did he have to say about our speech? Listen to what he said in Matthew 12, 33 to 37. Either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. Now listen, for a tree is known by its fruit. Brood, or brood, brood of vipers, how can you being evil speak good things? Now listen, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. But I say to you that for every idle word men may speak, they will give an account of it the day of judgment. For by your words, you will be justified and by your words, you will be condemned. Now, think about that. What is he saying? What we say is not just coming out. It it, it comes from our heart. It it shows who we really are. As old Vance Habner used to say, what's down in the well comes up in the bucket. So what's coming out of your mouth shows your heart. Your speech reveals your heart. Now, when it comes to a lost man, a lost woman, someone who does not know God, someone who does not love God, we would assume and and expect that they would take God's name in vain. It's just showing their sinful heart. They need Jesus. They need a new heart. They need to repent of their sin and take Jesus by faith. And if they do not do that, if they don't get right with the Lord Jesus, they will be judged He will not hold them guiltless. They will answer for taking the lovely name of God in vain. Listen, we expect lost people to live like lost people, don't we? I mean, it's just natural. They're lost in their sin. They live in their sin. But we don't expect that from those who know Jesus Christ. Why? Because we've been freed from the penalty of sin. We've been freed from the power of sin. And praise God, one day we'll be freed from the very presence of sin as we see him face to face. But a saved man or a saved woman, why in the world would they ever take God's name in vain? Well, it shows that something's not right in their heart, in their life. They need to examine their hearts. They need to come clean before God. They need to submit to the Holy Spirit. They need to confess their sin. Now, what, is, what does the Bible say? Ephesians 4, 29 to 31. You want to jot this reference down. Ephesians 4, 29 to 31. Listen, Christian. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and listen, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Be be put away from you. I couldn't help but think of Isaiah. Isaiah there in chapter 6, King Uzziah is dead. And Isaiah catches a vision of God upon his throne, all of his holiness. And after he sees God, he hears the seraphim crying, holy, 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 holy. And they cry back and forth around the throne of God. And the place is shaking and the place is filled with the glory and holiness of God. Isaiah says these words, woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For mine eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. It talks about the seraphim taking a live coal from off the altar and touching his lips and making him clean. Cleansing for service. And then he says, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And Isaiah says what? As the choir said this morning, here am I. 
Here am I. Send me. You see, that he caught a glimpse of the holiness of God. He saw that he himself was a man of unclean lips. Listen, mark it down, beloved. What I say about God reveals what I really or Excuse me. What I say about God reveals how I really view God. What I say about God shows how I view God. What I say shows how I view God. Now, if truth be known... Some of us are guilty of taking the name of the Lord in vain and we don't even realize it. Now, the scholars tell us that word vain means empty, meaningless, thoughtless, senseless, frivolous, worthless, groundless. It means using God's name in an insincere or or a thoughtless way. And and I'm going to give you just three categories of taking God's name in vain. And listen, these things, they overlap. Some can be put in other categories, but I just divided to three. To help us better understand it. Number one, God's name is taken in vain when it's used obscenely. This is cursing. This is cussing using God's name. This is asking God to damn someone. And and uh, for, the, for the sake of our uh, illustration today, I'll just use the initials. You know, if people talk about GD this and GD that. And, and they use God's name in a way where they are cursing and cussing. I would include in that secondhand cussing. You say, what in the world secondhand cussing? Well, that's using the euphemisms about God's name. Uh, words like gosh. You know, some people say, gosh darn it. Those are euphemisms that simply mean what? God damn it. Means the same thing as a euphemism. This would include intentional blasphemy. Those who would cry out and and blaspheme intentionally the name of God, using God's name obscenely. And God's name is taken in vain. Another way God's name is taken in vain is flippantly. Flippantly. And sadly, uh, many believers are guilty of this. Uh, People use God's name and disrespect it very casually when they're surprised, when they're fearful, when they're frustrated, when they're angry. They use these phrases. I'll not use them in the tone they do, but they use the words like Jesus Christ. Oh, my God, Christ, God, Lord, Lord, have mercy. Good Lord. And on and on and on. And I hear this more and more. Uh, It's everywhere. People taking God's name in vain. In fact, it's so bad that on on Facebook and in texting, they have, have narrowed it down to three letters. And people just write OMG. And that means what? Oh, my God. And they use God's name in vain. I would include the euphemisms on this, like gosh and golly and and, and the like. You say, preacher, you're just an old funny. We don't mean. Listen, it stands for God's name. That's what it stands for. And it's not cute. Uh, It's not something that we should delight in. It's wrong. It's sin. Uh, I would include under flippantly jokes about God or Jesus. Listen, you can joke about a lot of things, but please leave God out of your joking. Leave Jesus out of your joking. Leave the Holy Spirit out of your joking. You don't use God's name in an empty and flippant way. And then the third way we have a scene obscenely and flippantly. The third way is lightly. And that is using his name without thought or without truth. We would include hypocrisy. Uh, when it comes to the uh, the commandment here, we think about uh, people taking his name in oaths that they don't intend to keep. 
In fact, Leviticus 19.12 says, And you shall not swear by my name falsely, nor shall you profane the name of your God. I am the Lord. And so we take a note. If we promise something in God's name, we don't uh, go back on that. We keep that. We think about couples who come and stand before a church and a pastor and before God and say, I, I, I do. I promise to love and in sickness and in health for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. And they take that vow, that covenant before God. And then they make these promises. And then they go back on it and they Break those covenants. It would include lying in God's name. How many uh, tele-evangelists and these people get on the television and say that in God's name, you better send me the twenty five dollars and in, in God's name, you better do this. And in God's name, you better do that. And they lie in the name of God and they take the name of God in vain, taking it lightly. And then, you know what? We take God's name lightly. Listen, if you're feeling convicted, good. I am, too. Because this is a serious thing. We, we take his name lightly in our worship. We, we pray in his name, but we, we really don't think about what we're saying half the time. And we use little trite phrases. And, and some people use the Lord's name as a filler, war, uh, filler word. And they just throw it in throughout the prayer. Just Lord and Lord and, and Lord. And we, we sing God's name, but we, we don't really think about what we're singing. And our, our mind is all over. And we talk about how holy he is and, and no other name and, and how great thou art. And, and our mind is a million miles away. Uh, sad to say, we even blame him for our sin and our laziness. Uh, we're asked to serve and we're challenged to serve in some area. And, and uh, we say, oh, I, I prayed about it. And the Lord said that, you know, I don't need to be doing that. And we know good and well, we hadn't prayed about it. We hadn't consulted the Lord. Or the Lord led me to do so and so, and it goes contrary to the word of God. And listen, in so many ways, we take God's name in vain. Anytime we take God's name in, in vain, in an empty way, in a thoughtless way, in a frivolous way, in a light way, we take it in vain. And beloved, I'm guilty. I'm guilty. Are you? I'm guilty. I, I have used God's name in a thoughtless way. In an empty way. And God says, listen, my name is holy. Don't take my name in vain. Some of you saying, well, preacher, this is Old Testament. That's in the law. OK, well, let's go to the New Testament. Let's hear what Jesus says. The disciples, you know, they never asked that I remember Jesus teach them to preach. But it, he did, they did say, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus says, OK, after this matter, therefore, pray ye. Our Father, which art in heaven. What's the next part? Hallowed be thy name. Hallowed be thy name. The very first thing he teaches them about prayer is to hallow, to set apart, to consider holy reverence, to think about, to praise God for his name. You see, what I say about God shows what I, how I view God. What I say about God shows how I view God. And so if I throw his name around and I, I OMG this and I GD this and I do all these things, it shows I really don't believe that God is the holy, thrice holy, awesome, mighty God of the universe. Because I take his name in vain. In fact, we say things about God we would not even say about our own mother and father. And he's the creator of the universe, the sustainer, the, the king of glory. That's that's the problem with saying things like, well, I talked to the man upstairs. Beloved, he is not the man upstairs. He's the holy God of the universe. 
That's the problem of saying, oh, no, my, my good buddy God. He's not your good buddy. He's your father. He's the creator, sustainer of life. And he loves you with an everlasting love. He's your father. Holy and righteous. We must be careful with God's name. Careful with it. Now listen, if you've been guilty, for whatever reason, maybe it was ignorance. Maybe you didn't realize those euphemisms. They all meant the same thing. You didn't realize that you were using God's name in vain. For whatever reason, Christian, listen, just repent, confess, get right about it. And go on. Make things right. Ask the Lord to help you to reverence his name and make his name holy and not to take it in vain. First John 1 9. If we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Listen, I'm trying to help us today. I'm not just trying to get you bummed out and down and discouraged. Say, man, I knew I should have came today. I should have stayed in bed. He's so mean today. No, I'm trying to help us to realize that God's name is holy and we dare not take it in vain. Be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And I guarantee you, if you're filled with the Holy Spirit of God, controlled by God, you'll be sensitive to how you use His name. If you're lost today, listen, I've got great news for you. Jesus died for you. Jesus shed His blood for you. Jesus arose for you. If you'll turn from your sin to Christ, He'll save you. He'll cleanse you. He'll give you a home in heaven. And He'll give you the name above every name. The name of Christ. You'll become a Christian. And you can honor and serve Him with your life. The Bible says in Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We've talked about the negative, And this, this command is said in the negative, right? You shall not take my name in vain. I will not hold him guiltless. But it's negative, but it implies the positive. In other words, don't misuse God's name. But on the other side, do use God's name. I don't want to leave yet because they might say, well, I'm never going to talk about God again because I might take it in vain. Listen, we're to use the name of God. Do use it. Let me give you four quick ways that we're to use God's name. Let me remind you that whenever we use God's name, it ought to have meaning. It must not be empty. We should use it reverently. We use it with knowledge. We know what the Bible teaches and reveals about God. And so four ways we can use God's name in a right and proper way. Number one, use it in praise. Use it in praise. You want to jot these references down? Psalm 71, 8. Let my mouth be filled with your praise and with your glory all the day. Psalm 86, 12. I will praise you, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify your name forever. I love when we sing about the name of God, there's power, there's strength in the name of God. It's a refuge. And so we, we sang today, no other name but the name of Jesus. No other name is worthy of honor and glory and praise. Use his name in praise. Really mean it too. Don't let it be trite. You know, we're good actors. We come in church. How are you doing today, brother? Oh, praise the Lord. It's been a fantastic week. Praise be to the name of Jesus. You don't talk like that any other time of the week. You don't. Don't let it be trite and frivolous. Now, you ought to praise the Lord. It's a wonderful opportunity to to witness to people. How are you doing today? Well, praise the Lord, I am doing good. And mean it. Use it in praise. Use it to magnify Him. Maybe you ought to talk like that more. We all ought to talk more with meaning. Praise the Lord. What a wonderful God he is. Secondly, use it in prayer. 
use it in prayer. The model prayer that Jesus taught, we know it as the Lord's Prayer. We just talked about it a moment ago. After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Call out to God. Jeremiah 33, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Use his name in prayer. We're to pray in the name of Jesus. And by the way, that's not just a phrase to close out a prayer. It means that we're to pray prayers that Jesus could sign his name to. We could pray it in Jesus' authority. It agrees with the Father's will. It brings glory to him. Use it in praise. Use it in prayer. Third, use it in worship. Think about what you're singing on Sunday mornings. Think about what you're saying. Think about what you're praying. I think if we were to be more careful in our praying, it would shorten our prayers if we were honest about it, because we would stop throwing in the Lord's name as a filler. But we would just talk to the Father. We don't talk to other people that way, do we? Use it in worship and then forth, use it in witnessing and disciple making. Romans 10, 13, for whosoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. We need to be telling people about the name of Jesus. That God loves them and God sent his son to die for them. If they repent of their sin, they will and will place their faith in Christ. They'll be saved. Use it in disciple making. That's what we're all about. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. And part of that, it says, is baptizing them. And it says what? Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Every time I stand in the baptismal pool, we, we baptize people in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Listen, what I say about God shows how I really View God. What I say shows it. What I say reveals my heart. What's down in the well comes up in the bucket. And so you can listen to a person you don't even know. And you listen to them long enough, you learn a lot about that person. There's people you can overhear their conversations, maybe out and about when you're around. And you can know whether that person loves God or knows God. Now, I'm going to guarantee you one thing. If you paid attention today and you plugged in and you allow God to speak to your heart, you're going to be more sensitive this week. And you're going to notice just how bad it has become in our world of people taking God's name in vain. In fact, before I even came in here today, I heard it within these church walls. God's name being taken in a light Frivolous way. Now, I don't say that to make you feel bad. And I'm not the police. And if you curse your mules and I ride with you, you curse on. I'll pray for you. But it doesn't matter, beloved. I, I'm not the judge. I'm not your judge. God hears every word we speak. And God's very serious about his name. And God says, I don't want you to use my name in vain. We don't do this in the power of our own strength. We do it in the might and power of the Holy Spirit as we honor and reverence his name. I'm glad you came today. And I hope we will be more sensitive and will truly use the name 
in a proper way. In a moment, we're going to sing about the name of Jesus. And let me say, as we close out our service today, if you don't know Jesus, I'd love for you to meet him today. And as we sing this final song, if you'd love to know Jesus and have your sin forgiven, I invite you to step out and meet us here and we'll share the gospel. And then maybe the Lord has spoken to your heart about some areas. Maybe you need to come and rededicate your mouth to the glory of God. You do that. Father, we love you. We pray your forgiveness where we've taken your name in vain. I'm guilty, Lord. I'm guilty. Help us to be sensitive, realizing that when we use your name, we're speaking of you, your person, your attributes, your reputation, your authority. Help us to realize how just how holy you are. Help us to sing and to pray and to praise with understanding and meaning. Father, I pray that no one would leave today just out of condemnation. But if there's anything wrong, they might make it right and leave here rejoicing in the name of Jesus. I pray for anyone today who's lost, that you would bring them to a saving knowledge of Christ. Help us in all things to always honor and glorify you and magnify your name. And we pray this in that lovely name, the name above every name, no other name, but the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Our closing song this morning is number 177. There's just something about that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that. And would you stand as we sing? The altar is open and invite you to come. Let's stand and sing. One, two, three,